to the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in on a Thursday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, sometimes he goes by Mr. Baseball. I want to ask you about one game that we're going to get yeah. right back into the football. And you know this. because oh, I, no, I, I, lo- I love baseball. Oh, I mean, let's play two today, Patrick. Let's play two. I, mean, I want to get it on the board here. It's Willie Mays' birthday. we got to talk Say about baseball hey. today. Uh, Mets, Mets hey, at kid. the cards, and, and it's Walker Gant. And you've, t- you've pointed this out before. Gant, it's totally misleading with the cards pitcher. It's the 216 ERA. But his FIP yeah. is uh, over four three. His whip four three one. Yeah, and his, his, his FIP and five five his XERA is is five five six zero, which is so. not good at all. And he also walks the building. And the Mets are a very patient team. I, I don't. And Walker has been very good. Uh, the team split the doubleheader yesterday. The Cards have taken two of three. The Cardinals have been a roller coaster. Michael, check this out. So they start off five and two, uh, and then they go three and eight, and now they're on an eight and two stretch. They're eighteen and. 13 leading the central. I, I just, I, I think the advantage here is to Walker and the Mets and you're getting plus coming back the other way. Plus one Oh three with the cards laying a one thirteen here and a total of eight. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, you know, look, let's face it. It can be, you know, the Cardinals are unpredictable, but I think when you get, you know, when you get the, the situation that the Mets are in, I think you got to go with that. I, I think the Mets, I think you stay, you fade Gantt, and you go with the Mets. I think that's the better play. At plus 103, why wouldn't you do that? I think with Walker on the mound, I mean, I, I think this is the one of the pleasant surprises for the club. You know, he signed a very friendly deal with, I think it's only like $7.7 million. That's a friendly deal. I get that. But, you know, I mean, the injuries in the last two years have hindered him, but I think he's back through that now, and he's showing that he's got dominant stuff. Yeah, the advanced statistics tell the whole story. Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, but we encourage betters. You can go to vcin.com for the tools right now. You encourage betters. The old school, just looking at ERA, that is misleading at this point. There's more information for you. So there it is with the Mets and Walker and St. Louis and Gantt. It's coming up in just about eight minutes. The other one I wanted to take a look at quickly here is McKenzie v. Duffy with the Indians at the Royals. Uh, this one's an interesting matchup because we talked about Danny Duffy, who it, it, this is the best in his, what is he, nine I years mean, two deep? Runs in, two runs in the last 30 innings it's of inc- the mound. It's incredible. I mean, it's the best number in his 11th season in the, in, the, in the Major League Baseball. I mean, so it's safe to say he's one of the best pitchers in the game right now. I mean, just the lone two-run earns he's allowed have been solo home run shots. You know, and he's been almost nearly perfect. I mean, I don't think there's ever going to stop this. I think he's been remarkable. A hundred percent. And McKenzie, who's throwing for the Indians today, the tribe, uh, Tristan McKenzie, very young kid, great arm, but he has, he struggled big time his last two times out. And Duffy, who is his first start of the year, I believe it was against Cleveland and they beat the Indians three to nothing in his starts. Kansas city's four and one three plus run differential. I mean, it's a big time matchup. I expected it to be closer. The reason I bring this one up, this one's uh, first pitch is about an hour away. I expected it to be closer to a dollar and a half. It's a, it's one thirty three on the Royals here, Michael. Yeah, I, and I thought originally at eight and a half, I liked the under a little bit. The eight, I think it moved there, and it's a little bit too perfect for me. You know, I, what bothers me about the Royals' offense is they just literally uh, they don't walk. I mean, they, they don't. They, their pitch selection is very poor. Yep. And they're 18th in the league, and they swing at too many pitches they shouldn't. And I think that's the problem. But I would fade these two pitchers. Uh, I would fade these two offenses with the pitchers. I would have taken the under at eight and a half. But I, you know, when it, now it's down to eight. 
Uh, I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, Duffy has been, he's got a minuscule .6 ERA this year. He's 4-1 on the year, as we mentioned. He's striking everybody out. He's not walking anybody. His whip's ridiculous. Very, and McKenzie, like I said, I, I combed through his last two starts and not good at all for the kids. So Royals laying a buck 33 there. Now, as we turn back at, at the NFL, I got the, Odds to win the divisions here from the South Point. We can touch on those. How about my guy Frank Ragnow getting G'd up early in Detroit, the center? They're, it's, they're doing things. How, how, did he get, how did he get to be a presenter? And did you see they cut on Johnson? What did he do now, so wrong? Brad Holmes came out and said they're, they're still weighing the options. on Johnson, who was a second-round draft pick, he's not going to make anything this year, a little over a million, Michael. Yeah. Uh, and I, from what I understand, good personality. I was a little surprised by that. So they basically they called the kid, we're cutting them, and then wait a minute, hold on, they finally saw. Well, they want to see if they could trade them exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's a little Smart. shady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little shady. I mean, that's not that's not how you do business with somebody. You got to be a man. You got to look him in the eye and say, here's what I'm doing, and here's what. If you want to trade somebody, and you've exhausted it, you know, it, that's not a hard conversation to have. You call every team in the league, said, look, are you interested in taking Carry On Johnson? Because we probably will release him. We will release them if you're not interested. And it's only going to take you a seventh. It's only going to take a seventh. If you don't want them, don't come crying to me if you don't get them in the order. If you want them, don't come crying to me if, you're, if your waiver claim's too high. Now, if you called the Jaguars or you called the Bengals, they're saying, no, we'll just wait for the waiver. But if you called some of the good teams in the bottom of the draft and said, how about this? Wouldn't you take them for a seventh if you're Chicago? Wouldn't you take them on a seventh if? You know? Yeah, of course. So... You know, I mean, that's to me that that's you shouldn't put the cart before the horse. That's right. That's the right saying, yeah, right? You nailed I, it. I'm not good. And I'm not good when it comes to plowing fields and all that stuff. But I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> when you move to Kentucky, you can get a tractor. The- <laughs> I can't wait to move to Kentucky. I can't wait. I can't wait to move to get to get some Italian food there. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called the Olive Garden. Um, yeah. Oh God, my mother, God rest her soul, she caught me in there. I'd be dead. Oh wow. The reason we used to go is because unlimited salad and breadsticks. But I digress. Uh, who wouldn't go? I mean, if I was, you know, I mean, bread, all the salad and breadsticks you could eat. I mean, seriously, why order? Are you hearing? Is there seems to be. I don't know if they're trying to create an identity, but with Campbell as the head coach there in Detroit, they are like, they're paying the offensive linemen early. They're, they're chest bumping. They're, they're acting like they're at a Metallica concert when they're making a draft pick. I mean, it was unbelievable. The energy they are trying to create something. I mean, this whole Howie, you know, this video of Howie celebrating and now the problems that you, you've caused by it, you know, is like, seriously, can't we act with, I mean, did, have you ever watched a chess player get up and start fist pumping after he made a move? I mean, really, like, like seriously, you think Bobby Fischer got up and started, you know, elbowing out, you know, like, okay, here you go, Spask, here we go, let's go, come on, take that, you know, come on, man, this is a, you're talking about thinking, and especially in drafts, when you made a decision, you know, you're thinking about what's the next move. You know, the, the best thing at the Raiders was the only reason the Raiders draft room emptied out is because we could all take a break from him. You know, as soon as we made a pick, we could all scatter away from him, you know, and not get yelled at. So we ran out of the room like, okay. But, you know, he'd, he'd always say, oh, did you like that pick? You know, and he knew that I probably didn't like it, but he wanted me to be on record because then he could say later, you told me you liked it. You know, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was trying, he's trying to get I people mean, now you're bringing back memory. Now you're bringing back memories. I'm going to go into complete shock. Do oh, you, my gosh. Do you, do you believe the Raiders are legit 
their interest in Rodgers and also the interest the other way. Do you think? Oh, I definitely would think legitimately be interested in that organization. Well, it's clo- I mean, look, look, it's close to who wouldn't want to be interested in the Raiders. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, an unbelievable organization in an unbelievable town, you know. And I'm sure Gruden has a very intoxicating way if you don't actually play for him and know actually what's going on in the building, because the building is not exactly everybody's in love with one another there. It's, it's a little bit toxic, but they have a good team. They're eight and eight. You know, they have a good team, and he, and he could probably go in there and make them a much better team. I mean, look, he's carried the Packers to 26 wins. I mean, let's face it, John Gruden's a better offensive play caller than, than Matt LaFleur. He's a better offensive coach than Matt LaFleur. Who wouldn't like that if you were Aaron Rodgers? You're close to, you're close to Los Angeles. You know, you're close to California, San Francisco. It's the perfect place to be. I mean, that's why I would favor the, the Raiders have more capital to send to Green Bay if they engaged in this conversation. Man, this, if they engage it. And, and the car thing just needs to eventually happen because this has been. Well, they're not going to sign car. They're not going to sign car. I mean, let's face it. They're not going to sign car to an extension. Uh, and here's why. I don't fault them for it either because do you want to pay car $40 million a year? Do you want to pay him 42 No. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So what are you going to do with them? Are you going to franchise them? By the time we get to that franchise number in two years from now, what's that going to be? Do you want to pay that freight? No. Like, where are you going? Is he going to take $30 million a year? No. Is he going to take $33 million with Jared Goff? Of course he's not going to take that. You know, that's the problem. Where are we going with Baker Mayfield? Where are we going with all those? Co- like, I think Cleveland will pay Baker Mayfield because I think Cleveland has lived a life of not having a quarterback that they finally got one that fits their system. They're not going back the other way. They'll do whatever they have to do to not go back there again to not go back to all those struggles. So I think they'll pay him. But if you're the Raiders and you've got John Gruden, you're paying him $100 million, you've got to develop a quarterback, even though he's really never developed a quarterback in his entire NFL career. Going back to Philadelphia when he had Ty Detmer and he had Rodney Pete, then he goes to he goes to Oakland, we have Rich Gannon, you know, and then he goes down to Tampa Bay with Brad, with Brad uh, Johnson. Uh, no, excuse me, I'm, Brad, Brad, you know, what, what was Brad, Brad Johnson, Johnson? Yeah, yeah, Brad Johnson, right. Brad Johnson, so we had Brad Johnson down there. When he, when he got away from Brad Johnson, all hell broke loose down in Tampa. Now he's in Los, now he's in Las Vegas with Carr. So, like, as, you know, for all this conversation that John is a quarterback, you know, uh, a quarterback savant and a quarterback developer, he's never developed one. He's never. There's no record of it. There's no evidence to support it. Not that we need evidence to continue a narrative in this country. That's not the reality. The reality of it is, is here it is, right? And so, like, you know, for, for Gruden, this would be the ideal player. 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, an older quarterback that can do anything he wants at the line of scrimmage. He can just give them formations and tell them to run these six plays. If you want to do it, you do it. Oh, it would be heaven for him. So I threw out a rookie prop for you earlier, Jamar Chase, which was almost 1,100 yeah. yards. Are those all out now? Are those all out? we got to yeah. dig into those. So I'm going to throw Trevor Lawrence at you. Before I give you the number, I just well, let's think about the talent, where you think it'd be set. Okay, so this is for passing yards, and I'm going to tell you it's higher than I thought it was going to be. Um, if you want to take a stab at it, I can just give it to you. But Trevor Lawrence passing yards prop, and it's 110 up and down. So it's a pretty solid number. Uh, I'll give 30, you 3,900. Then you and I are right on the same page because I thought this one was high. It's almost 4,200. 
It's 4,199 yards and a oh, half. That, we have, but we have the extra game. You see, here's where we got it. I, I, the extra I, you game. You know what? The I extra even, game. We got, yes. we got to change our mindset on that. The extra game got us Good on job. that. Yes. You know, I should have aired on the side. It, you know, it should have been, I, I, you know, because that extra game. And, you know, and let's be honest. Uh, we all don't know what that extra game is going to be like. Look, I, I think Zach Wilson, you know, uh, why Trevor Lawrence is more than Zach, I don't know. But I would take the under on Zach Wilson because I have questions. Can he stay healthy the whole year? Are they going to be? Do they have to run the ball? Are they going to balance this thing out? I think Lawrence is going to swing it all over the lot. I think Lawrence is going to be like Justin Herbert and just start throwing it. I really do. That's a great point. You know, it's funny. It wasn't too long ago the benchmark or the line of deal was 3,000 yards passing. Remember? Back in the day, it was yeah. like 3,000 I mean, yards Joe, passing. Think about this. Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame. He's only had, he only had one year in his NFL career of throwing for over 4,000 yards, which was unheard of at the time, mm-hmm. which was unheard of unheard at the time. Of. But it was a man-to-man league, so it was one coverage league, right? So it was, there was no cover two. There was no two trap. There was no three cloud. There was no cover seven. There was no cover eight banjo. There was none of that stuff, right? It was, hey, we're playing cover one. Come at us, right? And so that was pretty easy. You got a you got a big receiver on the outside. You could throw the ball to him. Boom! There we go. We got a big time play. It's backyard football. But now, I mean, four thousand is very pedestrian like. So forty two hundred essentially for Trevor Lawrence. I think really what it just comes down to is it's not a plethora. DJ Chark obviously it's not it doesn't have crazy talent there. Wilson now <laughs> they're starting to actually put some talent around the kid. You have to take into account who who he's throwing the football to as well as far as Lawrence. Right, right, and I think when you look at ja- when you look at Jacksonville, look, I mean if you're Jacksonville, you should be all in on 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 on. Uh, on Julio Jones. I mean, he would be the perfect compliment to you. Now they got Chenault, you got they signed Marvin Jones and they got Chenault who was a good player. Very. I don't count Dorsett in this thing. So really, but if they got a true stud, if they got a legitimate Julio Jones for 2 years, they can afford him on the cap. He fits in perfectly to what they want to do. They can buy some time and and he could be really the leader in that locker room for this offensive team and really give Lawrence a dependable guy on the outside and I don't think it'll cost him too much. I think it's the perfect guy. Now they'll probably Oh, well, you know, we don't want to hurt our development of our young players. No, I think this will help the young players develop. I think it's a big number just because if you think about what happened last year with Herbert, and again, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, uh, his passing yard prop is set at 4,199 and a half. So 4,200. If you look at Herbert, who started what, 15 games? Because that was week two. When yep. and he ends up and he had a great year, not a good year, a great year. He threw for a little over forty three hundred and fifteen starts. So that's a, those are big expectations for Lawrence, even if it goes seventeen. First off, he has to stay healthy for all seventeen. Right, and here's the other thing: I don't know how good they're going to be on defense. I mean, they've ne- Joe Cullen's never called a defense in his life. He's a defensive, he's a new defensive coordinator, you know. So how is that all going to work out? Is that really good? Charlie Strong is on the staff as well. Is he going to be the play caller? I don't know. I think the defense is going to have some problems initially, and I think they're going to play from behind early in Lawrence's career initially. And so those, when you're playing from behind, a lot of those yards you're getting are junk yards. I think that'll happen. 
And if they're smart, you know, I mean, look, if they're smart, they'll allow this guy to use his skill set, especially being able to be smart at the line of scrimmage, get him into the right play, get him in the right situation. But let's be real honest here. This is a passing league, and if you're not throwing the ball on all three days, if you're not playing Canadian football, which is getting first downs and two downs, and you have to throw it really to do that quite a bit, you're going to fall behind quickly in games. I will say that Bevel running the offense, I did like him calling plays in Detroit. That was my first experience with him, and I actually did like him. Hey, look, I think, and you know, James Robinson's a good running back. So, you know, they got to hope this offensive line improves and gets better. They got to hope Cam Robinson's a legitimate left tackle. A lot of things got to go right for him, but there's enough there that you could say, okay, this is, we got a chance here. Okay. I got rookie numbers. I'll give you Kyle Pitts and Devonte Smith. When we come back, as far as their props, receiving yards coming back here, Lombardi line on a Thursday presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. GM, as we welcome you back, we were just talking about the Starbucks opening here in the casino. It is JJ never started. We know what Ann does with the monster drinks, the energy drinks, mm-hmm. Michael Lombardi. I, I make my own now, my iced coffee at home. What's your morning routine with it? Well, I mean, I, you know, I haven't left the house in forever, so it's usually I just make a brew uh, a pot. Uh, uh, you know, I used to brew a pot, and then we got an espresso, so I make a double espresso with a, with regular coffee. So I have a cafe americana every morning, no cream, no sugar, and I make one for Millie too. So you know, that's usually what the routine is. You know, I'm a coffee maker. I'm a barrister. Well, <laughs> and by the way, a little slept-on part of that. Who said chivalry was dead? Look at you bringing I, I her mean, the espresso in bed. You know, you know, you got a family you know, show. Like Ch- go, take it easy. No, it's just, you know, it's part of the routine. I take the dogs out. I make sure that happens. Yeah. I write. You know, it's all part of the daily day. You know, it's what you got to do, Patrick. You know how that goes. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, but I will one day, hopefully. Let's see. Uh, Michael Lombardi. So uh, if I told you yeah. here, uh, we'll, we'll play this game. If I told you Jamar Chase was almost 1,100 as far as his prop at BetMGM for receiving yards this year for the rookie, what do you think Kyle Pitts is set at? You know, be less. Ridley, yeah, I, I'm going to say 700. Okay. We'll go over. They've got them set at 874 and a half. So Kyle Pitts right now, but you started to say it. I mean, there are other weapons. They're going to spread the ball out. There you yeah, see it. It's going to be spread around. I mean, you got Hayden Hurst in there. You've got Calvin Ridley. You've got Julio Jones. I mean, how is that not going to be, you know, how is that not going to work? So it's a lot of yards. Okay. So say Julio has a Julio year put down that number. Say Ridley has a Ridley year, put down that number. Say Hayden Hurst has a Hayden year, put down that number, and then figure it out, right? Yeah, Hurst was almost I mean, 600 sure. receiving yards last year. Yeah, so, you know, are they going to phase Hurst out because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option? I don't know. You know, I would lean towards the under there at, at that one. I, I really would. You know, I think De- I think Devontae Smith, because of the uncertainty of quarterback, is certainly a, a better underplay. I think Tony Waddle in Miami – especially if Will Fuller's healthy would be an underplay for me too, because I think Will Fuller's going to be dynamic for them if 
Tua can get him the football. I mean, Tua averaged 4.55 yards on third down. He averaged – here's how different the Miami offense was last year with Tua before you play the waddle pick. Miami's offense on first down with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center averaged nine yards per pass attempt. When Tua took over, they averaged 6.75. Wow. On third down, with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the football, they averaged 5.5 yards on third down. When Tua took over, they averaged 4.5. So you decide. You decide. You want to go with Waddle? Then you were going with Tua. Then you should play Tua with that together. I had no clues that stark of a difference. My goodness. It, it, it's stark. It's a stark difference on tape. And then the numbers back it up. He cannot throw the ball down the field. I know nobody wants to hear it. Now, can he improve on that? We shall see. But his, his, if he was an NBA player and we were talking about his game, we would say he has limited range on his jump shot. And even on first down, when it's the easiest down in football to throw the football, because defense is playing run, they're trying to create a negative play, you can make some chunk yards. He doesn't even do that effectively. 100%. So Kyle Pitts is set at 874 and a half. Devontae Smith in Philly set at 749 and a half. These are still big numbers. Jalen Waddle, 724 and a half. Uh, Kadarius Toney with the Giants, 524 and a half. More reasonable there. Well, I think to me, there is he, Tony's a jack of all trades. I mean, Tony's a guy who's going to get the ball in the jet sweep. You know, Tony's a guy who's going to get the ball out of the backfield running. He's a little bit more of a, of a utility infielder in their offense, and they're going to have to design ways. Jason Garrett will need to design ways to get him the football. He's not going to line up at Z or at F, and then they're just going to run routes. He's going to be – he's a playmaker. He's a guy they're going to get the ball. That's why when Jacksonville was upset they didn't get him, they went right to ATN because they saw ATN and Tony similar in their role. Now, they obviously like Tony better. They would have picked Tony. But we labeled ATN a running back. But in reality, the Jaguars saw him as a weapon, much like Tony was a weapon. I've just heard so many varying reports coming out of it on Tony. Some say, you know, electric. Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of character issues yes. that you've got to clean your up that, that the Giants hopefully can resolve. And then there's got to be the consistency effort. You know, and, and, and is he an outside receiver? I don't think that's the case. I think he's a, a playmaker. He's a guy who wants to get the ball in the middle of the field, whether you throw it to him, whether he hand it off to him, whatever. Did Davis, we'll come back and discuss, did Davis focus hardcore on character, yes or no? No. Okay. No. It was the coach's <laughs> job. To, uh, uh, I can dominate character, Patrick. I can dominate character. I'm sure you can. When we come back, I love the impersonation. Josh Applebaum joins. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN experts are covering every sport every day on the board. Of course, we're going to hook you up. We provide the tools you need to make your most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you when not to make a bet is your best option, okay? Our 24-7 video coverage, data, and analysis on VEASAN.com. Daily members only best bets, which you get straight to your email. Start your free trial right now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's 
free right now at vcin.com slash subscribe. And my apologies, I got the schedule mixed up. It's always great when we get our buddy Sunshine, Andy McNeil. He is our hockey expert here at the network, vcin, the sports betting network. And we say hi to Mr. McNeil. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm glad that you brought up that, you know, sometimes the, the best option is not to make a bet because this late sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down for you, man. I wrote it. I don't know. And you could correct me. I'm sure it's happened a million times. But as far as more than $2 favorites on all six games tonight, but I'm talking some into the threes. The, the lightest favorite right now is Toronto Lane, almost 220 here. Yeah, and that's if you you have access to a, a book that that has low margins and offers you know relatively good odds. You can be laying as much as two fifty on on the the least of the favorites tonight, the home favorites. That is, um, it's a, a very lopsided slate, um, and I've been scouring uh, some of the shops that I have here and looking for for some bets to talk about, um, but there's not a whole lot on the board. Um, I, I I really love a, a player prop that I've found. Um, Got to talk about Sebastian Ajo in, in Carolina. He's been on fire uh, points in his last nine games. Six of those have been multi-point efforts. Three of those have been three points uh, or more. Um, he, you know, he, he's on an 88-point pace right now, and, and he's offered uh, to score two or more points at plus 260. He was plus 300 earlier today. That's over at DraftKings. Um, I'm sure it's available at, at many other shops. Um, but I would price that closer to a coin flip. Uh, I think he gets there, registers two points at least, uh, roughly 50% of the time, given this matchup against the Blackhawks, what they've done against this team uh, as of late. And uh, you know, the fact that Colin Delia is getting the start, not Kevin Lankinen, uh, just, just adds to the likability of this wager. So uh, Sebastian Ajo to register a point at minus 200. If you want to lay that, that's fine. It's better than laying uh, minus 325 with the Canes on the money line. Um, but uh, I like him to score two points or more at plus 260. Hey, Andy, let me ask you this question. As you, as the end of the season is nearing and there's really not a bet you like, has there been anything in future odds in terms of the first round or any team that you feel like is valued really good and positioned in an excellent space for you to take something on the futures market? Well, you know, the, the price has been been higher at points this season, but I think given their recent play, the way they've been firing uh, pretty much on all cylinders since the trade deadline with the acquisition of Taylor Hall and some of the other minor pieces that they added, um, the Bruins at plus 1,300 to win the Stanley Cup is, is, is probably the best bet of the, 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 the contenders, the true contenders right now as far as a Stanley Cup futures price goes. They were up. Uh, higher than that earlier, but I, I still I still like them there. I don't think they're going to get the uh, the division title uh, as I would have hoped uh, backing them earlier in the season at around three to one. Um, they're now plus eight hundred, uh, so that that's not going to, to come to fruition. But um, I still really like this team, the way they're heading into the playoffs, um, getting hot at the right time, finding chemistry. Um, the, the second line of Taylor Hall, Craig Smith, and David Krejci is everything that the Boston Bruins could have hoped it would have been and more. Um, and they've finally got a really, really great one-two punch, uh, you know, adding to what they had in Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchant, and David Pasternak, the latter of whom uh, has to really get it going because he's been uh, faltering as of late. But um, this Boston team has uh, uh, is set up really good to head into the playoffs and, and be the favorite in, in any series in the East Division. 
Well, well, let's carry with the Boston Bruins tonight, hosting the Rangers. Again, host, they're hosting a team that should be emotionally, physically, literally beaten up by the Caps last night and lost the game. Uh, they travel second half of a back-to-back. Boston is rested. Boston's been great uh, since the trade deadline. And you see right there, Andy, again, I don't know how you justify laying the price of 240, uh, but they're certainly in a good spot here against the Rangers. Yeah, it's hard to see anything other than than the outcome that you're kind of describing. Uh, you know, one in which the Bruins take advantage uh, of a, of a, an emotionally and mentally and physically drained uh, New York Rangers team. Um, speaking of which, Michael, um, your buddy Pat had had one of the greatest breakdowns uh, uh, of the game last night and all, all of the shenanigans. I caught that this morning and, and really enjoyed that. Um, but no, I, I would pass on the Bruins at minus 240. Could have got a better price earlier today. They opened uh, at some shops closer to minus 200, um, but that was quickly uh, bet up with uh, all of the injury troubles that the Rangers are in and the players that they do have are heading into this one, um, you know, in worse shape than they had than they than they were heading into the game last night for sure. It's just what stands out to me, Andy, is when I so when I grew up, it was like Joe Kosher and Bob Probert. You remember that it, it was awesome. But the difference is they used to be swinging on no visors. Now I'm watching last yeah. night, and literally every <laughs> single fight is just hitting plastic. It's wild. I I think you know there's a lot of talk of CTE, and rightfully so. Um, but I think that 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 has um, you know the, the the impact or the the risk for that is greater with the just the general physical nature of the sport. I don't necessarily think that the the fighting is a a risk as much as I'm, I'm more worried about a player breaking their hand yeah. uh, than getting a concussion from a fight. Uh, like you said, fighting with all the the gear on that we that, that the players use today. And I actually think maybe Wilson did. There was a report that maybe he did hurt his hands. I, I don't know if you can corroborate that. You live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? I mean, it could cost him a season. Uh, and uh, the, you know, when when he's on his game and 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 drifting on the the, the you know, he's on the line, not not crossing it. Uh, he's a very good and useful player, but uh, he's got to get it together. He's been um, kind of falling apart this season and getting himself into trouble. He does remind me a little bit of Probert in that regard because when Probert came up. He was actually a very gifted offensive player. Wilson's a very gifted offensive player. It's just, you know, you know what I mean, Andy? He can help you well, offensively. You know, it, you know what, what's really interesting, I'm glad that you brought that up. I, I had friends that, you know, played junior hockey, and they were the stars of their their small towns. But when they got to the the, the show or the, the big leagues, uh, the minor leagues at that time, but um, it, it was a different story, and they were asked to, to play a different role and, and become a different player. And, and, um, you know, that, that's tough for a lot of guys. And, and we saw the, the outcome of that over the last number of years with some of those retired hockey players like Bob, Bob Probert, um, you know, having a rather uh, untimely de- demise. And, and then uh, a lot of the substance abuse issues and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, it's a dark history in the NHL and, and one that they're trying to move away from for sure. Yeah, and of course, Probert died early. Uh, complications. A- Andy McNeil, he he is the best when it comes to hockey he, at the network. Thank you, Andy. At Digital Gambler on Twitter. Thank you, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks. Buddy. Enjoy your lunch. He just got guys. he just yeah. got lunch delivered. He, he, he deserves it. We come back with Josh Applebaum next.
in on the sports betting excitement with BetMGM. Lakers or Clippers hit a three-pointer tonight. You're going to win $100 paid for in free bets. It's VSIN100 as the bonus code. New customer offer. I mentioned it's paid for in free bets. Make sure you're 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. And Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text REDLINE 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Market Insights is the pod an hour and 45 minutes ago. Remember, every Monday through Friday, Market Insights hosted by Josh Applebaum up at vcin.com slash podcast as we welcome you back. He is Michael Lombardi, and there he is in the middle, Josh Applebaum. He's got a big old smile on his face. Looks like he's ready to attack the board today. What's going on? Patrick, Michael, I'm always happy when I get to hang out with my two favorite guys, talk betting. I mean, what's better than that? So uh, a lot of baseball today, Michael. Don't worry. We got two games for you and some NBA as well. So maybe we can pick out some, uh, some sharp plays today, hopefully. Mr. Baseball is in yeah. the mood for it, too. We got early games today. Let's play two. Let's play two, Patrick. <laughs> hey, but we got kid. that wonderful NBA. I mean, look, how about that? How about the Rockets game last night in the seven? Did anybody play any defense in that game? What was it, 135-15, 115? Well, I actually did wrote. You the I over, actually, did you, know, you have the over in that one? Who had the over in that one? I I wrote down. How about this one? I'll I'll throw it at you, Michael. Then we'll get Josh's take because he's got it written down as well. I got the Nets Mavs, and I didn't even look at the total. I just wrote down in my notes, go over. <laughs> Defensively, the Nets are I don't know twenty first. I mean, no twenty six as far as defensive rating. The Mavs twenty first. Uh, offensively, they score a hundred points. I mean, they, what the Nets score one hundred seventeen points per hundred possessions. The Mavs score one hundred fourteen point three. Oh, there it is, two thirty four. Michael. So again, some of these you're just blindly betting to the over because of the way the defense is being played right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a G League game right now. I mean, no one's playing defense. Well, there's six games left to go in the season for most teams, and you would think they would be honing their defense. I mean, the Sixers let that bad Rockets team score 115. Of course, they scored 135. So it was pretty much, a, it, you know, there's no defense at all. But, you know, that's never going to stop Mr. Applebaum no. from betting. It's never going <laughs> to stop him from seeing some really good steam in this NBA. I'm sure you found a lot of steam in the NBA, Mr. Applebaum. What do you got? No. It's, it's coming in hot here, guys, but I think you bring up a great point, all jokes aside, with these overs right now because it's kind of like necessity is the mother of invention. These, these spreads have been driving me nuts here in the NBA with, again, guys being in, guys being out. You bet a game too early. The line goes the other way. You get frustrated. You get a terrible number. So what I've been doing is waiting late and looking at these overs, Michael. So to your point, uh, you know, with that Houston game yesterday, one thing that I've been looking at is obviously these high total overs, and if you see a line rise a little bit, usually that's, uh, again, t public loves these overs, but some respected money may be hitting the over. But really the key is these bad defensive efficiency teams because team like the Rockets, again, t uh, Patrick, you mentioned today, kind of like the Nets. Nets have been a really good over team. This one would, would fit a couple systems if you want to sweat this over, Patrick, because Nets, Mavs here, it opened at around 234. It's up to around 234 and a half, 235. You know, we're showing 234, but I'm seeing it rise a little bit across the board. If you like the over, you may want to get it sooner rather than later. Uh, but a couple of things that, would, that you would kind of like about this game. Number one, uh, non-conference overs. 
lack of familiarity, uh, lack of kind of knowing how to match up on defense, these non-conference overs in which the line stays the same or rises 55% this year. You also get these high totals, 235 or more, they're 58%. And then also a close spread. You know, anytime you get these close spreads, that makes that's like an added bonus, a cherry on top for betting an over because maybe you get over time, maybe it's back and forth. You have a lot of those trends there to the over. But Michael, I'll throw this one at you. Any, any interest on the Mavs here getting some points? Because uh, I think this kind of gambler's fallacy. We've seen the Nets lose three in a row. You know, we saw this kind of with that Dodgers Cubs series. Good team loses three in a row. They have to win the next day. They have to cover. But this is the most lopsided play of the day. Almost eight, nine out of ten bets are laying the points with the Nets. But some of these shops, Michael, three and a half seems to be kind of a key number. There were some fours that got down to three and a half. And if you're looking at, um, you know, the uh, the Mavs here getting points with Doncic, one thing you like, top contrarian play and a short dog with a high total uh, sometimes can lead to more variance and upsets. So, Michael, if you, if it's between the total and the spread, either one uh, of those, do they, do they catch your eye? I like the total, and I think the reason the spread is so popular right now, the Mavericks have already beaten the Nets this season, uh, 115 to 98 in late February. And, you know, some people might offer the commentary that the Nets are not a good matchup against the, against the Mavericks, you know, because the Mavericks are actually 2-1 and one against them and covering the spread on two of those occasions. So it's always been the Mavericks that play well like, for whatever reason against the Nets. So I could see the line there. I don't, again, I don't think there's a sense of urgency with the Nets to win any games really to win any games because I don't think they care about home court advantage. I don't think they care about seeding. I think they're just as content to give the 76ers the number one because they feel like they'll beat Philly two times in, in Philly no matter what happens. Totally and they'll get there. And so, you know, it's, you know, so if you, if you're, my point here, Josh, is if you're using the motivation of they got to have the win, I think you're wrong. I don't think they do. I think they're just going to play the game and play it and see where it goes. The fade alert is out. The Bulls are a favorite on the road at the Hornets. And I've got it up at four at a couple of books here. Maybe a three. No, four. Pretty much across the board painted. The Bulls on the road at Charlotte laying four here, Josh. Yeah, so maybe I'm walking into a, a trap here, guys. But the Bulls are interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they have a worse record, 26 and 39. Hornets have a better record. Bulls have lost four straight. Charlotte's two and three, uh, two and one their last three. And really, the public is saying, give me Hornets all day. I'll grab the points all day. How could you not? The Hornets are a better team. They're getting four at home. This is why it's kind of a um, kind of a popular play to grab the points here tonight. But here's the X factor, guys. You're getting Zach Levine back tonight. He's been out for a while with the COVID protocols. You're also getting Vucevic back. That's really two of your star players returning to the lineup here. And also, look at the Hornets. They're down some guys. Devontae Graham shouldn't is doubtful here. Uh, Bridges, a good slasher on their team. He's not expected to play. Uh, Cody Martin, another kind of rotation player here. So it looks gross. But to me, again, this line opened minus three and a half bulls. It's up to minus four. I'll hedge a little bit here by saying, even though it's a high number, I lean money line in this one, guys. It's minus 175. You're laying a big spot here, which you get a little uh, little apprehensive about. But uh, to me, if if the majority of the bets are on the Hornets, why is the line moved to the Bulls? Maybe it's strictly just Levine returning here. But this injury report definitely favors the Bulls over the Hornets, and it stinks. So, Michael, what do you think? Am I overthinking this one with the Bulls, or do you think the Hornets plus four is the smarter play? All I would say to you, Josh, is simply this. Make sure that Vukovic isn't out. He isn't playing. 
and Levine is playing, make sure that that lineups, because I don't think you know, I was told that Vukovic is out and that Levine is unlikely to play in the game. So we shall see. I don't think anybody's information is there. Look, the Hornets are 10 and 21 so far this year, over and under against the spread. I think the 218, even though I'm talking about the over and under going over, I think because of the inefficiencies of the offense on both teams, especially with some players, and when you look at Charlotte at home, they're 6-13 and 13 since April 1st on the over, on the under. They're, you know, they're 6-13 and 13 on the over, excuse me. So the under could be in play at 218.5. All right, there you go. We got a fat total here, 236, 236.5 and a half with the Wiz at the, the Raptors. Wiz. <laughs> the Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz, meet the Wiz. <laughs> uh, Josh, the number is 2.5 with the Raptors laying it. Yeah, this one kind of reminds me of that Nets Mavericks game where I think you might have value on both the spread and the total. And as a better, you got to say, do I want one? Do I want both? You know, do I go the other way? That sort of thing. But to me, guys, the Wizards are in kind of a, an intriguing spot here. Just look at how these teams are trending. The Wizards, believe it or not, their last 17 games, they're 13 and four. This is a team that's really turned it on late. They're only six games below 500. They're in that seeding uh, play in type territory here, but they're playing really well here recently. Toronto is the complete opposite direction. They're two and five their last seven. This is, Michael, great point you made by about those Bulls injuries. Keep an eye on the Raptors. They've been resting guys just to tank, pretty much. They're really not playing for anything late. Um, so we're going to have to see their injury report for tonight. But what I like about this one, guys, a lot of these books were, at one point, Raptors uh, laying three. It's now down to two and a half. Now, you have kind of the... The caveat of this is a back-to-back for the Wizards, but we do know, you know, buying low second leg of a back-to-back, not too bad this year, about 53% ATS, gets even better if that line is moving toward the Wizards, which it is right now. So a little bit of value, I think, Wizards in the points here. They're also 27 and 20 ATS as a dog. They've done well getting points. That's 57.4% ATS. And road dogs, they're even better. Uh, 15 and 11 ATS, 58%. Um, And the Raptors, as a favorite, have not done well, 15 and 10 ATS. So, uh, Michael, what do you think? This is another total that's risen a little bit uh we know the raptors are a high scoring team here but it was 235 and a half ish up to 236 and a half but any reason to buy low or maybe back the wizards on a back-to-back where the public says they're tired yet the line's moving toward washington i I like i like the over here i think in five of the last eight games the wizards have, have played they cleared the 235 point mark easily uh, and I think this one has a really good chance to do so you know and I think both teams will depending on who doesn't play you know the one thing that always scares me about the Wiz is they're a terrible team against the East for some strange reason they're a really good West Coast they're a really good Western Division team I mean if they were playing out in the West they would dominate but I just think with the, the way the Raptors are playing right now all offense and Washington loves to play teams that don't play defense I think the overs to play. Fellas kind of surprising news here the Angels are releasing Albert Pujols. He's in the final year of that 10-year, what, $260 million. It's a terrible contract, but he's in the final year. Why not play it out? But the Angels, per uh, many reporters now, are releasing Albert Pujols, Michael. I don't know if that surprises you. You know, I mean, look, where are we going? And, you know, sometimes as an organization, you feel like the player, like, wants to go somewhere where he feels he has a better chance to contribute late in his career, and you do it. I mean, you've played the bulk of it, and all these contracts are guaranteed. I don't know the offset language in Major League Baseball if they would get a break if he went to another team, like in the NBA, when they get bought out. Yeah, I'm guessing... He wants he wants to take a flyer with another team. They probably gave him a chance to retire, Josh. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a surprising move. Obviously, in a, a kind of what is it, a ten-year deal he signed at the time, the biggest contract ever was like two, two forty million here. Patrick, my first thing is uh, he's a couple bombs this year. I think his average is pretty low, below two hundred though. Uh, and also they got a prospect, Jared Walsh, this guy who really rakes young player. Maybe they're trying to make uh, make room for him and let Pujols, you know, jump onto a team with uh, maybe the Dodgers or a team that needs an extra bat here. We'll see. He got the Applebaum deal when he signed with the Angels. That Applebaum got it. Visa, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's what. Why do you I think DraftKings is in the mix? The guy in the middle of the there screen right there. <laughs> Michael, no have a great Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Patrick. All enjoy right, buddy. enjoy the you, baseball. Thanks, Josh. Josh. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi line. The Nuts is coming up next.